the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, broadcasting from my offices in the Cambrian Park area of San Jose. This is the second to final show that I'll be broadcasting here on KDOW. If my engineer could speak to me right now and let me know whether I'm going out over the air, that would be great. I'm not sure if I am going out over the air because it sounds like one of my earlier shows was Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. Boy, that was an interesting start to the show today, my second-to-last show here on KDOW. Uh, it figures that we would have uh, something on the order of some technical difficulties launching the show today. Uh, earlier this week, I was literally on a... Zoom meeting, uh, sharing with a bunch of fellow attorneys across the country, uh, talking about my uh, estate planning webinars that I had put together and were hosting online. And uh, all of a sudden, the lights flickered in my office, and I lost power. And uh, the the power didn't come back to my office until... Um, 7.30 the following night, and uh, that would have been Wednesday night. But uh, PG&E had told me that it would probably be not until this Friday morning that I'd get the power restored. So when it came back when it did, I was very grateful for that. As I mentioned, this is my second-to-last show on the air with KDOW, and I will say it's been... um, a long journey here on the air. I mean, prior to having this show, Plan Your State Radio on KDOW, I had a half-hour show on 1100 AM KFAX, which is a sister station to 1220 AM KDOW, as well as 860 The Answer. They're all related stations, uh, all the same media group that broadcasts them. They all broadcast actually out of the same studios in Fremont. My prior show on KFAX was a half an hour. It was always pre-recorded. I would go into the studio every couple of weeks for an hour and record two shows back to back. And then they would be broadcast on Saturday mornings. When the opportunity presented itself to have a live show 
uh, during the week, that was five years ago, I said, sign me up. And I went on the air almost exactly five years ago here on KDOW. At that point, I was broadcasting uh, from my um, from my office in San Jose over near the Westgate Shopping Center, if you're familiar with that area of San Jose. And as I moved offices, I also moved my broadcast location until I ended up here in Cambrian Park, broadcasting from my office here on Ross Avenue near Hillsdale Avenue. It's been a long time on the air. I can think back and remember shows where I had uh, some guests on when Proposition 19, for example, was being proposed. I had a guest on from the Jarvis Gann Taxpayer Organization to talk about why it was a bad idea. Uh, I promoted the fact that it was and still is a bad idea, but the voters were tricked and 53% of the voters voted in favor of Proposition 19, having been basically lied to by the promoters of Proposition 19. A number of years ago, I had my good friend, attorney Jim Berge on. Jim is an elder law attorney, and we had a really good show that day. He was able to actually come to my office, and I had a second microphone hooked up, and we sat there and just shared during the show, uh, and I think even took a call or two on the air. That was a lot of fun, and I'm going to miss doing shows like that where I actually have a guest on. I'm going to miss having people call in and answer their questions on the air, and I'm going to really miss sharing a lot of information with you all over the years, both information about situations that people have faced around the state of California uh, and how I would approach them as an attorney, and then also sharing details about the kind of legal work I do in my practice as an estate planning attorney. I started practicing law in 1980, but it wasn't for a couple more years after that until I started actually actively doing estate planning. I did other types of planning besides estate planning for a while. Here and there, I did family law for a while. I did some um, unlawful detainer law, that's landlord-tenant law, for a while. But then I settled down on estate planning as being the area of law that I was going to specialize in. After a while practicing law, I burnt out. It happens to a lot of people in a lot of professions. I was tired of practicing law, and I started looking around for something else I could do. Because I had a background in sales, uh, basically in real estate sales, also uh, investment sales as a registered representative uh, and a financial planner at MetLife, I looked around for jobs in the financial industry that would combine my sales background with my legal background. And I discovered that I was particularly well-suited to do business development for a trust department. I ended up getting hired by the brand-new trust department of Fremont Bank 
up in Fremont. And so every day I was driving up to Fremont from San Jose to go to the office there and then going out and meeting with customers of the bank and others to talk to them about trust services. Uh, Being an attorney, I had a very thorough knowledge of uh, trusts and trusts and estates, as that's what I'd been doing beforehand. I didn't stay long at Fremont Bank. Instead, I ended up moving over and doing business development at Comerica Bank's Institutional Trust Department in Palo Alto. And there I was working with bank customers and with the lending groups, talking about trust services, talking about the various things we could handle for companies uh, in the institutional trust side of the bank. Ironically, my background as an attorney should have had me doing business development on the personal trust side of the bank, but I ended up working on the business side of the trust department of the bank, which is kind of unusual. But after spending about two and a half years doing that, I reached the point where I was rested, refreshed, and ready to return to the practice of law. And I came back to the practice of law with a vengeance, started seriously pursuing estate planning, and I've been doing that ever since. That's been for about the last 15 or 16 years. I became a certified specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law over 10 years ago, and I've maintained that certification ever since. I practice now here in San Jose, and this is all I do as an attorney is estate planning. So we're coming up on the first break of the second to last show today, and when we come back, I'll share some questions and comments from around the state of California. So this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and I'll catch you on the other side of the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello and welcome back to the second segment the second-to-last show of Plan Your Estate Radio on 1220 AM KDOW. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, and if you're joining me now for the first time, I'm sorry, this is the second-to-last time I'll be on the air. That being said, uh, I'm not going out of business. I'm still in law practice here in San Jose. I plan on being in law practice for many, many more years to come. And uh, I just wanted to assure everybody, I'm not going away. I'm just going off the air next Friday. So using my usual format of questions and comments from around the state of California, let's talk about this question out of San Diego, California. San Diego, great place. Love going down, visiting that area. Really nice place to visit. have to say that. And uh, here is the question. question is, can two married non-U.S. citizens form a trust? person said they only see articles about one spouse being a U.S. citizen. says, my wife and I are both permanent residents of the U.S., but we're not citizens. Well, if you're a permanent resident, by definition, you're not citizens. 
I read a lot about QDOT trust. That's a qualified domestic trust. But it sounds like one spouse has to be a U.S. citizen. Can we still create a trust and estate plan if both of us are not citizens? The answer is absolutely you can create an estate plan if you're both not citizens. And um, a QDOT, I'm not going to talk about what a QDOT is. It's basically a trust for the benefit of a surviving spouse that's not a U.S. citizen, um, receiving property from a spouse that is a U.S. citizen. But yes, I have a number of clients where neither one of the parties is actually a U.S. citizen. They can still create a joint trust and own their property together as a joint trust. So that's not that's not an issue at all. Another one out of San Diego. How can I get my cousin off the deed to my grandmother's estate? Oh, this sounds interesting. Let's see what we got here. My cousin lived with my grandmother, somehow got my grandmother to sign his name on the deed to her house. And when she realized what she had done, she sat, spent the last eight months of her life trying to get him off of it, but sadly passed away before it could be done. She had a will and testament that disinherited my cousin and my father. Uh, oh, my father, along with my uncle, are in her will as heirs. Now my cousin's about to sell the property and keep everything for herself. Is there anything I can do? We have lots of supporting documents, along with a restraining order that she had gone against him in the six months before she passed away. Well, the short answer is, it sounds like the cousin may have actually taken advantage of Grandma. And if Grandma's a senior, and I assume, assume she's a senior citizen, that may have actually been elder financial abuse. Uh, two things. You should first contact the district attorney's office in the county, in this case, San Diego County, and register a complaint with them about what happened. And the second thing might very well be to file a lawsuit um, to get the property back into the estate. Um, and that would be, um, or file a probate and assert that the property is actually part of the estate and doesn't really belong to the cousin. Um, and, and with a lawsuit, you can actually put what's called a notice of pending action or legally called Liz Pendens, L-I-S-P-E-N-D-E-N-S, and that gives notice to anybody trying to buy the property that there's legal action being taken that will affect the title to the property, so they're put on notice that they can't just buy the property and somehow avoid the effects of that legal action. So that's probably uh, what should be done, but it's going to take some kind of court action to stop that sale from going through. I don't handle those kinds of matters. If someone came to me, uh, if someone came to me, that is um, that is is going to be something I would refer out because I don't do that. Okay, um, here out of Foster City, California. Is it possible to transfer an undivided interest from a property directly from a joint tenancy 
into a revocable living trust without first transferring to tenants in common. In other words, making a new deed, transferring to tenants in common, and then doing a separate second deed, transferring from the shared ownership owner, an undivided interest, into the living trust. I think the latter would be the better approach. If it's a married couple owning the property together and they're transferring it into their joint trust, it might be able to be done with one transfer. But if it's people who are not married with each other and they each own a share in the property and one of them wants to transfer their interest into a trust, they should probably first transfer the interest joint tenancy interest to themselves individually, thus breaking the joint tenancy, and then transfer the interest, which is now a tenant in common interest, into the trust. That's the kind of thing I'd suggest. Do not do that without a net. Don't try that stunt without a net, meaning you should get assistance from an attorney to help you with doing something along that. Now, here out of Los Angeles, California, says my grandparents had a trust uh, and they funded it with their real estate. Funding means transferring the title of the property into the trust ownership. But it turns out there was an error on the deed for the trust invocation date. I assume what they mean by that is the signing date of the trust. Uh, how can that be fixed? Well, if if the grandparents are still alive, they could file a correction deed that says, hey, on this earlier deed recorded on this date with this document number, there was an error. Here's the error. This is what it should have been. And then record again with the proper titling, with the proper uh, with the proper date. Um Beyond that, it might get a little more complicated to try and fix it if the grandparents have already died. It's really more going to be an issue in dealing with a title company if you're going to sell the property, whether they're going to see an issue with the date being wrong if, in fact, there's only one trust and just the date is wrong. Maybe the year, maybe the day. It's a day earlier, day later, something like that. I'd talk with a title company to see whether that's something that is really a big issue or not. Okay, we're coming up on the mid-show break. Coming up on one half of the show left and the second-to-last show for Plan Your State Radio. This is attorney Bob Bergman, your host. And I'll come back after the break for the second half of our show today. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back to the second half of the show today. I'm going to jump in with more questions and comments. And uh, let's go out of Carson, California. Someone asked, can I make my own will without an attorney? Does it need to be registered anywhere? Is it officially accepted? Well, answer to the first question is yes. Is it recommended? No. 
Not recommended to try and make your own will without an attorney assisting you. It doesn't need to be registered anywhere. And is it officially accepted? I'm not sure what the person means by that. I assume they mean, is it valid if you make your own will? Yes, generally it would be valid if you make your own will. But we can't be absolutely clear without seeing the will and seeing how you've done it. Um, There are people that have made documents that they think were wills that turned out not to be wills, and they ended up having no real legal effect because they were not really wills. They thought it was a will, but it really wasn't a will. So I would suggest this is really not something you should do on your own. It's something you really should consider, um, really should consider actually having someone assist you with because the problem with doing anything like estate planning on your own is that you could end up doing something that is not going to work in the end. And unfortunately, if it does not work, the only time that someone's going to find out that it doesn't work is after you have died. And if you have died, then that means you can't go back and fix that problem. So that's why I suggest to people, you really don't want to try and do this on your own. Um, that I mean, you really should never try to do this on your own because there's too many things that can go wrong if you don't actually um, have someone assisting you that knows what they're doing. That's just what I have seen um, over the years, and that's why I would suggest do not try to do this on your own. Okay, now here out of El Segundo, California, we have, um, let's see, yeah, someone says, I'm the successor trustee, my parent recently died, so I'm the successor trustee of a trust that was my parent's trust. I need to contest the trust because it was altered. Three of the family members involved are willing to testify to the fraud as they participated. Wow. So they participated in having a trust fraudulently altered, but they're going to testify, yes, I did that. I have a lawyer, as I was formerly the conservator for my parent, but I do not want the lawyer to represent me in this new case. Can I hire a different lawyer for this portion Or will the prior lawyer's presence make this difficult? Well, first of all, there's no conservatorship anymore if your parent died because the conservatorship actually ends at death. There might be a final accounting or something to be filed with the court, but the conservatorship itself ends when the person dies because there's no need for the conservatorship anymore because the person who was conserved, called the conservatee, has passed away. The kind of bigger issue is that I don't know if you're the trustee of the trust, if you can contest the trust, because as the trustee of the trust, you're supposed to actually be defending 
of the trust against attack. So that's something that you'll need to sort out with an attorney in uh, in El Segundo uh, because that would be um, that would be well, let's see, what am I trying to say here, Bob? Uh, you might actually have um, an issue if you're trying to contest the trust where you're the trustee. Kind of a potential conflict of interest there. Out of Los Angeles, California, person said, my mother passed away last year and left a brokerage account and a residential property in a revocable living trust, which I will say now because mom died, is an irrevocable trust. Says, I'm the successor trustee and me and my two siblings are beneficiaries of the trust. We decided to rent the home out. We want to know if all the paperwork that's necessary to do the taxes and the accounting can be done without placing the home in an LLC or placing the home in a partnership, or I would say without transferring the home out of the ownership of mom's trust. In other words, can I just manage the property, file the tax returns for the trust, give each of my siblings a K-1 without having to place the property in a partnership or an LLC? The shorter answer the short answer is you can do that for a while, but really if the trust does not provide that the property is to be held in trust for the lifetime of you and your siblings, you really can't just leave it in that trust indefinitely because the trust by its terms says to distribute it. So really you and your siblings, if you want to keep the property, you're either going to have to transfer it out of the trust into your individual names and then work out some kind of partnership between yourselves or transfer it out into your individual names and then form an LLC or something similar. But you cannot really just leave it in mom's trust indefinitely. Again, out of Los Angeles, says, My husband died without a will, and although we both own the condo, I must go through probate. Okay, I'm not sure why that is. Probably the way it was titled. If it was titled as um, tenants in common, you'd have to do that. If it was titled as joint tenants, you wouldn't have to go through probate. If it was titled as community property with right of survivorship, you wouldn't have to go through probate. If it was titled as community property, then you might be able to do what's called a spousal property petition, which is declare to the court that your spouse's half of the property is community property and you own the other half as community property. So please just award it to me. Now, person said we're both on the deed of trust for the loan on the condo. Probably means loan is made because they were both on the title. But I'm not on the statement, so the bank will not assist me. Huh? That makes no sense to me at all. If you're both on the loan, it doesn't matter if you're on the statement or not. What do the bank's records show? Now, it says, my lawyer estimates the value of the estate at $550,000 and is asking me to waive my rights for posting a bond, but I'm scared to lose the condo or any other assets. My question would be, who is acting as your husband's 
administrator in his probate estate because he had no will. That's why it's an administrator and not an executor. As a surviving spouse, you would have the priority under the law to be the administrator of your deceased husband's estate. There'd be no point for you to post a bond in order to assure that you discharge your responsibilities as the administrator and not take advantage of yourself as the one inheriting from your husband. So a lot of it doesn't really hang together, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but hopefully that at least answers some of that question right there. Okay, here we go. Does the successor trustee have a duty to allow beneficiaries access to their personal property from the family home? It's out of Santa Clara, California, right in my uh, backyard here. It says, my sister is successor trustee of my mother's estate. I asked her about how she plans to provide me access to my personal property that is in my mother's home, our childhood home. Let's pause right there and say, I'm sure there's many of you out there right now that have personal property that's left behind in a room, garage, attic, or basement of your parents' home, the home that you grew up in. Not unusual at all uh, that you have stuff left behind there. The person said, I received a belligerent letter from my sister's attorney stating, I've been informed you've not resided at the family residence since the late 1990s. It would be an imprudent use of my client's time to attempt to locate your personal property at this address. I understand wanting to retrieve your personal property, but given the passage of time, this was clearly not a priority of yours, I would say. So, you were given notice of your father's, your mother's passing in August 2022. That's not that long ago, really. It's quite curious you're making this request now, some six months later. It's unclear why you didn't reach out to your mother to request personal property during your lifetime. Was there any legal requirement to do so? My client is disinclined to assist with retrieval of your personal property, if any at all. I would say it doesn't matter. If the person has personal property in mom's house, the person is entitled to retrieve the personal property as long as, as, long as she can prove that it's her personal property. I think the attorney's kind of out of line here. Yeah, someone waiting that long to do anything. Heck, that happens all the time. I can guarantee I had stuff in my parents' house that was there over 25 years that eventually I found after they died, and I picked it up and brought it home. This is Attorney Bob Bergman. Catch you after the break for the final segment of the show today. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the final segment of the second to last show of Plan Your Estate Radio. This is attorney Bob Bergman. Thank you for listening. So, for this final segment, let me just kind of share a few things about my practice. Um, Since we're not going to be meeting... Uh, after next week, we're not going to be meeting anymore on Friday afternoons. And I know part of me is going to miss this quite a bit. 
I've enjoyed our time together. Hopefully you've enjoyed our time together as well. Some of you have even come into my office and engaged me to do your planning for you. I'm still available for that, should that be something that you would like to do. And I really want to encourage you. Um, The approach that I'm taking now as an attorney and moving to very rapidly is requesting and eventually I'll be requiring anyone who wants to consult with me about estate planning to watch one of my estate planning webinars that are available 24 hours a day. They can be accessed through my website at lawbob.com backslash webinars. I have one webinar called Estate Planning for Busy Parents. It's about an hour long, and it's specifically aimed at those of you out there, like myself, that have minor children, uh, children under the age of 18 years. And it's specifically geared towards you that have the minor children. Specific issues involving minor children, special planning that I do as an attorney that is designed to assist minor children. Um, The other webinar I have is the Living Trust webinar, Inheritance Planning for You and Your Family. And that is a broader webinar that can be viewed by pretty much anybody, no matter your age, whether you have adult children, minor children, or no children whatsoever, whether you're married or unmarried. Eventually, I'm probably going to uh, put together a webinar that is specifically for someone who is unmarried and maybe unmarried and has no children. Uh, just because a lot of the issues are the same for families that are married or unmarried, have children or don't have children, have adult children or minor children or both. But I urge you to go at least watch one of those webinars. And then by the end of the webinar, if you decide Bob's the right person to do my estate plan for me, there's a special link at the end of the webinar where you can book a consultation with me for the purpose of determining what level of trust planning you should do for your family. It's not a consultation for the purpose of taking a half an hour of my time to just chatting about what you'd like to do or not to do or getting me to answer a bunch of questions for you. The questions are answered in the webinar, and I'm not going to answer them in a consultation. Not anymore, anyway. Um, My time is short. I have only a certain amount of time available every week because I do have obligations uh, dealing with my children that mean I cannot put in a full work day every day. And so I have to have the time that I have available to assist people be as efficient as possible. So I ask, if you've been thinking about booking a consultation with you, with me rather, please watch one of my webinars first. There's no charge. You can watch them any time of the day or night. 
And um, I suggest if you're married or you have a partner that's considering doing um, planning as well, that includes registered domestic partners, then you should um, watch it together so that you're both on the same page, so you both have the same information, so that you both actually um, are able to now intelligently discuss whatever things uh, need to be discussed because you've actually met together and you have determined just what needs to be done. Now, we just have a short amount of time left today, and um, I wanted to, this day, and I'll probably be doing it next week as well, I want to thank all of the management and staff at 1220 AM KDOW. There's a bunch of great people that work there. This is one of the great radio stations and one of the great media groups here in the Bay Area that operate 1220 AM KDOW, 1100 AM KFAX, and then 860 The Answer. They're all great stations, and there's a great staff, great engineers, great management, and it's been a privilege working with them all for these past five years. Maybe I'll come back again in the future. Um, maybe I'll have an evening show. Who knows what will happen. But this is going to be um, my swan song here as I move on to other things with next week being my last show. So this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, ending my second to last show of my five years on the air with KDOW. I hope you have a great weekend. Drive safely out there. And uh, we'll talk to you one last time next Friday. Goodbye. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.